Hello everyone, this is Monica Reinagel, and you're listening to the Nutrition Divas Quick and Dirty Tips for Eating Well and Feeling Fabulous. Thanks for tuning in. Last week, I talked about histamine intolerance, a condition that's been gaining a lot of traction lately in the alternative medicine and holistic nutrition communities. And the idea behind it is that some people are especially sensitive to histamines found in certain foods. Although histamine intolerance is not technically an allergy, a low histamine diet might relieve pesky and otherwise unexplained allergy-like symptoms like itching, wheezing, sinusitis, nausea, and skin rashes in those with heightened sensitivity. The challenge, as I explained last week, is that there's a lot of conflicting information about the histamine content of foods. So this week, I'm going to try to clarify and hopefully simplify which foods you might want to avoid if you're inclined to test this theory on yourself. At first glance, the lists of high histamine foods that you'll come across on the internet can seem somewhat random. Sauerkraut, pepperoni, and strawberries? And you'll also notice a lot of foods that we generally think of as healthy, such as fish and yogurt listed there. I think these lists will make more sense to you once you understand where histamines come from. Most of the histamine content in food is the result of bacterial activity. Now, you might not like to think about this, but bacteria are almost always present in raw meat and fish. And in fact, that's what gives raw meat such a short shelf life. The bacteria eventually cause the meat to spoil. Refrigeration slows down bacterial activity, and so it delays spoilage, but the longer the meat is stored before or even after it's cooked, the higher the histamine content will be. Unfortunately, although cooking does kill bacteria, it does not remove histamines. Fish and shellfish tend to be even higher in histamines than red meat or poultry due to the particular strains of bacteria that they tend to host. And again, the less fresh the fish, the higher the histamine content. With cultured and fermented foods and beverages, of course, the bacteria are there on purpose. Indeed, the presence of probiotic bacteria is considered to be beneficial. However, the bacterial activity that turns cabbage into sauerkraut or milk into yogurt or grapes into wine or vinegar can also produce histamines. But the histamine content of fermented foods will vary dramatically depending on exactly how and where it was prepared. So with all that in mind, let's take a look at which foods are likely to be the highest in histamines. Cured and fermented meats, such as pepperoni and salami, can be particularly high in histamines. Smoked or canned fish, as well as shellfish and any fish that's not extremely fresh, may also contain significant amount of histamines. Lacto-fermented vegetables, and that's going to include traditionally prepared sauerkraut, pickles, and kimchi, may also be high in histamines. And cheese is another common culprit, and aged cheeses tend to be higher in histamines than younger cheeses because the bacteria have had longer to work. Cultured dairy products, such as yogurt and kefir, do contain some histamines, but they're lower than cheese. And contrary to some sources on the internet, fresh cheeses like paneer, cottage cheese, and ricotta are not a significant source of histamines because these are produced by adding acid to milk rather than culturing it with bacteria. Red wine and beer both contain a moderate amount of histamine. White wine tends to be a bit lower than red wine, but champagne, tragically, is extremely high. 
Clear spirits, such as gin, vodka, and rum, are generally low in histamines, but the alcohol they contain can block the elimination of histamines from the body. Spinach and eggplant, for reasons I really can't explain, have been determined to have relatively high histamine content. And then vinegar, miso, and soy sauce, all of which are fermented, can contain histamines. But because these foods are usually consumed in relatively small quantities, the amount of histamines per serving is actually fairly small. Now, what about all those other foods that you'll see when Googling these lists? Things like strawberries, citrus fruit, and cinnamon. Well, these foods are rumored to be histamine-releasing foods. But this effect is not well-supported or documented by evidence. Now, the goal of a low-histamine diet is to reduce your dietary histamine load, not necessarily to zero, because that would be virtually impossible, but to below the threshold that triggers your symptoms. And that threshold will be lower for some people than others. In addition, your tolerance for histamine-containing foods and beverages may also fluctuate. If you suffer from seasonal allergies, for example, you might find that your tolerance is a good bit lower during these periods. Rather than trying to completely eliminate every food that's ever been found or even rumored to contain histamines, which would be extremely restrictive, I suggest avoiding those foods that are most likely to be high in histamines, including cured meats, smoked and canned fish, shellfish, cheese, miso, spinach, red wine, beer, and champagne. In addition, you might want to moderate your intake of foods which may contain small amounts of histamines, such as white wine, yogurt, kefir, vinegar, and soy sauce. Now, at the same time, you'll want to make sure that you're not blocking your body's ability to break down and eliminate whatever histamines you do take in. The most common over-the-counter culprits are alcohol, acid blockers, and NSAIDs like ibuprofen. In fact, symptoms of histamine intolerance can sometimes be completely resolved merely by reducing the use of drugs or alcohol, which block the body's ability to break down histamines from foods. No special diets required. So who needs a low histamine diet? Well, if you have mysterious allergy-like symptoms that seem to be food-related but can't be explained by a more conventional diagnosis, it might be worth experimenting with this low histamine approach to see if it helps you. If it does, great. If it doesn't seem to make any difference, histamine intolerance may just not be your issue. And if you don't have any of these symptoms to begin with, I don't think there's any general benefit to be had from avoiding the small amount of histamines that you'd get from a normal diet. Although it seems to be shaping up as the next diet fad, a low histamine diet is not a panacea for clearer skin, boundless energy, or effortless weight loss. You'll find a transcript for today's show, along with citations for all of the research I reviewed at nutritiondiva.quickanddirtytips.com, where you can also post your comments and questions. Have a great week and eat something good for me. 